0: A.A.T. Bird's Weekly Report is the Eagle News. Notes and analysis you need. (gasps)
1: Interceptor! Interceptor!
0: The 30, the 20, the 10, the 5, on the floor! Matt Blair! He scores! Matt Blair! <laughs> Big field! Oh, he goes, 40! He's going
1: to go! The shortback goal! He steps up, he's hit, and falls forward, and he fumbles the football, and the Eagles
0: have it! A- it's good! <laughs> and the Eagles win! It's all birds, all the time.
1: All birds have an and welcome to another edition of the aat birds weekly report i myself johnny uleka is joined as always by chip at chip for the birds at umpire stories so it's a tough one here the eagles are 10 and 2 they did lose they got uh pretty much smacked around against the san francisco 49ers um a huge game coming up with the dallas cowboys so we got a lot to talk about tonight we have talk about that game go into a little bit what we saw what we didn't like everything along the lines of that get into this Dallas game because it's a huge game, uh, playoff implications, seeding implications. There's a lot going into it. And the Eagles added a piece to the defense, which after we watched what we watched on Sunday, it was something that is needed. So we'll get into necessity. We will get into all of that. Uh, a couple of roster moves that they made, but, uh, definitely something that we will touch on. But first of all, that game was a tough watch. Um, and I'm going to open it up with, you know, my feelings of it is when they went down to the red zone back to back times
0: uh-huh.
1: and they only get three points each and they don't punch any end for a touchdown. I said right there, I said, that's not good. You can't be, you know, kicking field goals against a top tier team like the San Francisco 49ers. And that was very, very tough to see because they're able to get right down the field and then they get into the red zone and they just kind of fell a little flat right and it, it was it was a tough thing uh it's kind of a precursor of what you were going to see the rest of the game but we didn't know that because the way the defense came out the first two drives looked great looked amazing i thought i said wow man cunningham's out you're not gonna have to worry look at look at the way the linebackers are attacking which you know was tough but for me that was the first issue was when I, they went down to the the red zone twice and mind you they were 12 for 12 the last 12 trips to the red zone yeah to get the down. so they they were very effective I know they had the early start in the season. They struggled, but then they were really effective, and then it just seemed to kind of uh, flatline there. But it was a a tough one. It was a tough one to swallow. But, again, listen, it happens. Um, A lot of the teams in the NFC, a lot of teams in the NFL, have been beaten uh, soundly this year. And, you know, unfortunately, the Eagles had to do it this past week.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, there's – when when I look back at this game, I mean it. It was a tough watch. It was almost to the point of I wanted to to turn it off, but I I, I won't. Um,
1: I agree, me too. I wanted the, to turn it off, but I said, you know what? As a fan, you can't yeah. do that. You're As fanatic, a fanatic. Is what constantly. we do. I mean, you
0: have to watch every last stinking snap. But it's also the kind of game that you can flush. I mean, it. The Eagles played three games in 13 days. The. 49ers had 10 days to prepare for this one. And the 49ers came out prepared. We know the 49ers had extra motivation after losing uh, in the NFC championship. We know that all of the talking had been going around. We know this Eagles team had geared up for this gauntlet idea. Um, And the fact that we've done as well as we have in this gauntlet run is fantastic. I have been able to kind of push this one aside a little bit. I'm not as distraught as a lot. I mean, it was an ugly game. There is no questioning that there are so many things that we're going to talk about tonight that the Eagles need to adapt and change. Um, But it was kind of just like the jets game. It was a game where we weren't really prepared. We got our asses handed to us and now it's, how do we respond? Now, obviously after the jets game, we responded pretty well for quite a few weeks in a row. Now it's, it's pretty serious because we have our NFC East run and the season is winding down. We have injuries left and right. We've got guys stepping up. We've got guys that were signing. I think that, you know, the the 49ers proved that they might be the most talented roster in football. I still don't think highly of Brock Purdy. I think he's got weapons for days. He didn't do anything to, to blow me away. I think that, You know, our our team started the game off strong and made Brock Purdy look absolutely um, childish in the first quarter. And then when we stopped getting pressure, he was able to sit back there and throw to all of his various weapons. So it doesn't surprise me that we lost the game. It surprised me how badly we lost the game. But I'm hoping I'm hoping that it's a wake up moment uh, because that's what the Eagles needed clearly yet again.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a wake up moment uh, when everything that you saw, and it was just tough because, especially the way the third down defense has been playing, and it's something that's very eye opening and very uh-huh. concerning, especially when it's third and five or more. And I think the biggest thing, and we've seen it for years, was the defensive corners playing so far off. Like it. Oh God, is
0: Jim Johnson all over again?
1: Six seven yards off. It's just, to me, you're not giving your defensive line any type of shot. None. Be able to cause a little havoc, you know, play up. And I just, I I, I understand that Bradbury and Slay aren't real press man corners. And I understand that. I understand that wholeheartedly. But again, there's got to be a a little bit better of a way. And I I think it isn't even only that, but it's the communication aspect. And today, Sean Desai talked about we have to be better on the back end and communicating all that. Listen, it's been 13 weeks going. It has had – you've had enough time to be able to get this communication. You've got veterans in the back. This isn't all rookies. Yeah, you have your Eli Ricks, and you have some of your Josh Jobs when he was playing. You have some of these younger guys that that are playing, Sidney Browns and all that. Mm -hmm. But, again, you're 13 weeks in. This whole aspect of – Oh, the communication, it needs to be settled, it needs to be solved right. because you have veterans in the back end that needs to be able to, you know, shift it off and to not have what happened one in the Super Bowl. Remember that all the the motion and everything. As soon there. as they
0: started, and that's that's kind of been our Achilles heel. And we know how good the 49ers are at at running motion. It's what they do. Yeah. So I think that there's there's a decent amount of blame to go around. You know, I think that for as good and consistent as Reed Blankenship has been, he looked really awful, really awful on Sunday. I think, you know, the fact that they released, not just, you know, designated him for the practice squad or whatever it is that they have to do, but the fact that they flat out released Christian Ellis says a lot because again, he started off the first quarter like the whole defense did, very, very strong. And then he got beat consistently. The entire defense got beat consistently the defensive line got no pressure Brock party's Jersey was unbelievably clean and then you flip to the offensive side of the ball once again they abandoned the run game and again I I know that I know how good the front of San Francisco's defense is but in theory when Greenlaw was ejected that should have been open season for running the ball with our great offensive line. It should have been open season for slants in the middle of the field. It should have been open season for whatever we had playing tight end to get open. And it just, it was a bad set of game plans and it was poorly executed. And you cannot, we've said this before against these great teams, you can't come out flat. We've been very lucky to come back from 10 points down these past couple weeks you we're not going to be able to come back from 10 points down against this San Francisco team and the San Francisco 49ers talked all week and they backed it up and you know what now it's the eagles turn to do something about it
1: yeah it's like i said it's that that punch in the face you know you got knocked down you need to figure it out get back up and keep going because listen this isn't where your season's over and the 49ers are going to the super bowl in no. 2 weeks it, they're still it, below us it's not. So this is a blip in the road. This is a little speed bump that well, you're going to
0: have to. We hope it's a blip in the road. Yeah, no.
1: No. yeah. Because we...
0: just like winning is contagious, losing has the potential to be contagious as well. So I think this Dallas game, is is it's a pretty big one. Not to put unbelievable pressure on one game, but we kind of have to. This is a game where we need everybody to realize that it is a big game and they cannot come out flat like they have been doing. You no, know, when you, you when you look at the the highlight of the game for the Eagles, it was Big Dom on the sideline getting involved in a fight and showing the most fight out of anybody in an Eagles jersey on Sunday.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was something else. And uh, that should have
0: been a moment where the Eagles went, Holy cow, let's capitalize on this because I know the fan base did his sales on the autism website went through the roof. Yeah, Twitter, he was trending on Twitter. I mean, that was a moment that the Eagles had to go, okay, we're going to win this one for Big Don. And instead, that was the turning point that the 49ers utilized to absolutely slap us from that point on.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, looking at the the defensive aspect and, you know, being able to use that as a momentum, they, they just didn't. They, the other issue is they couldn't tackle so many missed tackles. And it's just... A little uncharacteristic because they've actually been a pretty good tackling team, uh, this year. They missed way too many tackles, of course. N- uh, Nicholas Morrow was
0: absolutely Atricious.
1: you know, he was exposed big time. Christian Ellis was lost, um, and as you mentioned, you know, Christian Ellis was waived uh today, so that which was interesting because I, in my eyes, I would have gone thought, with Morrow. Well, I, I think Morrow would s- stay because of the veteran aspect, but I thought a guy like Van Sumeran. Because, you know, he was on the practice squad, but they must think really highly of him that he they'd lose him in waivers and potentially they can get Ellis back on the practice squad. Um, right. because mean, now- and Christian
0: Ellis, I mean, he had an amazing training camp when he came into the game for Cunningham two weeks ago. I mean, he looked great and he had a phenomenal first quarter, but then he just couldn't keep up with elite players like George Kittle, Debo Samuel, yeah. Brandon Ayuk, and Christian McCaffrey. I mean, these guys... Are some of the top tier at their position, I think. And those linebackers that we currently have are not, and us once again shorting out money on linebackers is coming to bite us.
1: I think what you have to really look at too, and I think it was a little bit, um it was an undervalue of his skill set is Zach Cunningham, Zach Cunningham and how good. Cunningham he's been has been phenomenal.
0: Once again, a linebacker that they pick up on a one-year prove-it deal is our leading tackler. Oh, he was limited in practice, Adam.
1: Country. Adam's asking about Cunningham. He's looking, trending in the right direction to play. Right. It's the
0: Kaiser White thing all over again. When we signed Kaiser White to our one-year deal, he was our leading tackler, and he was absolutely phenomenal, and he translated. He parlayed that into a deal with the Cardinals. Cunningham is going to do the same thing. He's going to parlay it into a deal with a different team. But once again, the Eagles have got to get some consistent linebacker play.
1: Which now brings up the Eagles signed Shaq Leonard.
0: See what I did that. And
1: you know, he picked Philadelphia Eagles, which is great. Um, I didn't I didn't want him to go in Dallas. I didn't want him to go to Dallas. Now listen, I'm not saying this is you're getting all pro, he's turning into what he was. But you have to understand what you had at the position. Oof. Shaq Leonard, yeah, he may not be that all pro, but if he can give you what a Kaiser White or a TJ Edwards was able to give you last yeah. year. Which is very capable. Listen, it is definitely an upgrade. Uh, you know, he's he is a playmaking linebacker now. He hasn't, you know, been the playmaker the last couple of years, but he has been hurt. But now he is healthy. Listen, it's you're not expecting a guy on the street to come in and to be a wor- all world all pro, but it's like that. A- it's like the aspect of what Linval Joseph and, and, and Sue yep. did last year to come in and do your role, fill your role be able to flash here and there, and to be able to um, sustain your play and to be uh, a sustainable player for this team. And
0: we have to make sure that, I mean, obviously they they signed him to the active roster. He's going to be playing a lot mm-hmm. this week. But we have to make sure that he's up to speed in whatever it is that Sean Desai plans to do. Again, I, I look at this Dallas offense, and we're going to get into our Dallas preview, but Dallas's offense against good teams hasn't been great. I don't know where our defense stands right now. And that's very concerning after week 13.
1: Listen, it's Dallas's offense has been playing pretty well recently. And, but in hindsight, their defense also has been giving up a ton of yards and Seattle Seahawks have been given up a lot recently. And even, even against Washington on Thanksgiving, yeah, they gave up a ton of yards. There was a couple a couple fourth, fourth and one plays that, you know the Washington Commanders they wanted to run run out of the shotgun which was kind of dumb in my opinion but they got stopped on those two plays after they went mm-hmm. all the way down the field so they were able to move the ball i think this is a game where unfortunately it may just be your offenses have to match each other it has to be match, match But
0: that's they, what this but that's what this game should have been against San Francisco and it wasn't well,
1: listen i there was a couple points with the San Francisco game and the one was Going to the red zone twice and not getting touchdowns, or at least getting one touchdown to be up at least 10-0. The second one was the Josh Sweat offsides, whether he was or wasn't he He, let's start right here. He absolutely wasn't. Okay. That's dunk because instead of 10 to 3, now it's 10 to now it it was not six to three, now it's six, seven to six. The other thing was the Quez Watkins, you know, all he had to do was stop short and let the guy run him over, and he yeah. didn't. He actually let the guy make the play. And the guy did make a play, and it really wasn't pass interference. So people complaining about that, it wasn't pass interference. Quez Watkins didn't sell it. The other thing was, later in that game, Reed Blankenship just missing an interception. Yep. Just going off. That could have been a big game. So these little things that mo- And again, that's where the motion comes
0: in. When you have teams that run motion as well as the Chiefs do, as well as the 49ers do, and you have players – like the, in, on the Eagles' defense, who are young and still getting caught up, having an experienced linebackers—that's where it goes to hurt you. Having an inexperienced safety—that's where it goes to hurt you. You do not—you end up getting lost. And all a guy like Brock Purdy has to do is just manage the game, and he did a great job doing that. And on the flip side of that, you look at the way the Eagles game planned our offense. We had DeAndre Swift, our best weapon, carry the ball six times six carries you would Jalen hurts carry it seven times. Okay. And we know a couple of those were um, brotherly shoves, but you completely abandoned the run game. The thing that makes our offense tick is the play action and being able to build off the run game. You wear them down with our offensive line and then you throw over top of them. And I get that San Francisco has got a great front seven. I understand that. But to completely abandon the run game is one of the major reasons why we lost this game. Not again, and I'm not saying any of the idiot things that certain broadcasters are saying, like we should be playing Mariota. I know we're going to talk about that. That's absolutely moronic. Uh, Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of the team. He is an MVP candidate. In my mind, he's still the front runner because by the end of the first half, he had already thrown the ball 30 times. In what universe is our Eagles offense? Good when we throw the ball 30 times in the first half, and then the numbers obviously in the second half were what they were because of the fact that we were down and trying to play catch-up. I know the numbers are going to be a little bit flipped here and there, but you abandoned the run game, and it's why we lost this game, one of many reasons.
1: How much do you think, now in my eyes, I think it it's a lot more than people want it to be. How big of a loss was Dallas Goddard in Huge. terms of the run game? Huge in the run game. Right? And it's actually funny because we saw
0: we saw when um, Cam Jurgens went out. like the guys that they have in our run game along the offensive line are some of the best at what they do. But you have noticed over these last couple of weeks when one cog of that is missing. We are much more ineffective, or maybe we're more gun-shy. Maybe we're afraid to run the ball. I don't, I don't know if losing Dallas Goddard in the run game we have accurately established information on because we didn't run the ball on Sunday. We abandoned the run game. So how can we say we are effective at running the ball when we didn't run the ball? DeAndre think, Swift having six carries is an abomination.
1: I think the big thing about it is when it's when you start the game out and it really doesn't work, it just kind of... It, just give up it, on it. It was more of a throw ball game because of the secondary of San Francisco, but you know, you have to kind of keep them a little bit honest with, and, and that's, the my, point. Game.
0: And that's but, my point. And that's my point. AJ Brown had eight catches. Awesome. Devonte Smith had nine catches. Awesome. Gainwell got involved in the passing game. I have no issue with that. Quez Watkins had a catch, a couple catches. Boston Scott had a catch. Again, there was a good passing offense, but you cannot rely on, on the passing offense when you have the best running offensive
1: line in football. So I think another thing to look at too, is it was 14 to six at half. And mm-hmm. then San Fran it was got a, the ball, it was a winnable game. San Fran got the ball, went right down. They scored. So at that point, I think instead of running the ball, the Eagles did what they wanted to do and throw the ball. And then the game kind of got a little too out of hand. And so be, and the fourth it. quarter but, was going to be all passing at that point. Right. I, I think the emphasis of running the ball is, you know, keeping the defense honest and, you know, you want the RPO because you want to be able to have that, have that effect on linebackers and secondary and to make them, if they have to bite, to be able to beat them over the top, to be able to uh, do certain things with your pass game and and not just have to rely on the pass game. And you don't want to be one dimensional. You want to be, you know multifaceted when you look at the offense because when you can do that one you can take a game over the other thing is you can wind the game out so mm-hmm. if you're able to run the ball and able to grind that clock out especially against the team that's coming up this weekend against the Dallas Cowboys you have a team who is clicking offensively if you're able to get one or two stops or get a turnover and you're able to run you the, can't ball give and them able the ball right and chew the clock it. that's one thing that and I think a lot of it has to do too with when I look at that, that is demoralizing the teams when you're able to do that. And I think that's something that they have to do more. It it isn't about, oh, they need to beat, you know, this team by more than 14, 17, they need three, four scores. They need to have a huge blowout win. It isn't about blowout wins. This is, you know, you look at last year's Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. They had, I think, three games that they won by 20 points like there was no 30 40 point win there was no huge win one was first game of the year they had a lot of really close really it it doesn't matter like this isn't the college football playoff you're it's not Florida State to you're not gonna miss the playoffs in the NFL
0: it's tough yeah, to win games gonna, in the NFL
1: yeah you're not gonna miss the playoffs if you don't win games you know by 20 points against the bad team it it goes by the record not by and it
0: goes by how you look how you, overall Right? The Eagles, again, when we talk about game plans, when Dre Greenlaw was ejected from the game, you have to immediately attack the middle of the field. And they didn't. They left the yeah. middle of the field completely wide open when it was there for the taking. Dre Greenlaw is one of the best linebackers in football. And they just said, that's fine. We won't worry about his backup. And instead, it was long throw, long throw, long throw, long throw. Jalen on the run, Jalen on the run, forgetting about the run game. It was, again, it was a bad game plan. And it was, once again, another example of not making adjustments during the game. And that's something that we've got to see change.
1: I, It's kind of tough, though, because when the defense can't get a stop, six straight touchdown drives, there really isn't much that you can do. Agree. And I think that was, you know tough and a hopefully it's a focal point when it look when you look at the film and everything when what they're doing in terms of prepping for this upcoming matchup with Dallas it's you know it's not going to be easy Mm -hmm. that and the Cowboys are playing really well they're able to you know move the ball passing it the one thing that they are struggling with is running the ball but again I think this game a lot of it has to do with if you're able to get a turnover or two it's gonna completely flip because that's one thing they're not doing. They're not getting the turnover. Not getting turnovers, and and Tough,
0: And it's it's it comes down to look, we know we have a phenomenal defensive line. But if they don't get pressure and you allow any quarterback in this league to stand upright in the pocket and just wait, I mean, there were plays. And it's kind of frustrating. There were plays that Jalen Hurts had almost 7 to 8 seconds of untouched time on un- rush time and he guys weren't getting open. So it's it's kind of a whole thing. But if our defense isn't even getting in the face of these again Brock Purdy did not do anything to impress me he managed the game with his elite players he didn't make any mistakes but he didn't do anything to impress
1: me Dak Prescott if you get in his face he will make mistakes yeah and you're going to have to because you're going to have to deal with um you know the middle of the field because they're going to put CD in the slot they're going to have Jake Ferguson they're going to try to you know, attack the middle of your defense. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the Eagles uh, deploy the the new linebacker, you know, how, how much he plays. How much he plays. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, what they do. It, listen, it's, it's going to be a tough game. The Eagles haven't won in Dallas since 2017, and they haven't swept the Dallas Cowboys since 2011. And the Cowboys are on a 14-game winning streak at home. So there's a lot of factors. Again, all these things are going to have to come to an end one way or another. And again, it's going to happen. It's, it's not going to be to the end of time. Time
0: game. It's all of the things.
1: Yeah. It's it's going to be um, it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be a it's going to be that type of game for you know the spotlight's going to be on Jalen. How do they and the Eagles? How do they come out and how do they react after yeah. a you know a tough. Tough loss, getting beaten. You know the th- the third day and or third game in thirteen days, while the the Forty Nine ers were on ten days rest. And you have a Dallas Cowboys team coming in on ten days rest, while you come in like everything is lined up against you. You you know you're still ten and two, yes, but you know which again can,
0: is is huge. You know we you talk about like baseball and things like that. You know you you can't win the division in. In March and April and May, but you can lose it. The same thing with football. I mean, you only get 17 opportunities. And we have a strong record to start. Like, we're, we're going to make the playoffs. That's fine. But seeding is going to matter. Coming into Lincoln Financial Field in January matters.
1: I I don't even think it's more of that than it's. You have to play one last game. You don't have to worry about the wild card. You, that, start out in the you also
0: round. have to start building continuity with this team. You have to start having a strong offensive game plan and make adjustments as necessary, not out of necessity. Yeah. Defensively, you have to have a strong defensive game plan, which is getting to the quarterback and making sure from the minute the game starts until the minute the game ends the quarterback is uneasy and makes mistakes without that defensive pressure it's open season on our back seven
1: yeah and it's going to be interesting the way the eagles the way the eagles attack the cowboys back seven because They've struggled recently. And I know, I know Deron Bland is in conversation for defensive player of the year. He's got all these interceptions, these pick sixes, and all that. He's given up over 270 receiving yards last year. Right. it's weeks. the
0: Trayvon Diggs of it all.
1: You know, you can you can beat him. Use his aggressiveness against him to be able to attack them and you know be able to get your yards, be able to, but the thing is, if he jumps around, it's it, it's also almost like the Asante Samuel effect. If he jumps the route, he's going to pick it off and, you know, could possibly go to the house. So play that against him. So do some, you know, out and goes, do some, you know, you got to try to, you know, manipulate your routes and to be able to make him bite, you know, you know, I know Jalen Mills, you know, I liked him as safety when he was here, but when he was a corner, he had that tendency to bite on those double moves and, Maybe that's something you try with Deron Bland, try a double move here and there, you know, try something along the lines of that. But I, I think the Eagles offensively, the receivers, I think they'll be able to have some success. And if you get Goddard back, which looks like it's trending in the right direction. It looks like like he had a
0: full practice. He looks like he's good good, good to go. So having him back,
1: having him back is unreal. And it's great to see, because I thought that was going to be a season ending injury. Um, Luckily it's not. The one thing I do want to bring up to you before we get into our Uleka locks and our predictions is actually two things. Um, the first thing is Avante Maddox. Uh-huh. He was hurt in on sub, week two, I believe. Week two, Yeah, week two. September 14th had a pec injury. Usually pec injuries that require surgery, well, it's about three to four months. We're coming up on, in another week, we're coming up on the third month. My eyes. I'm looking at this. Do you think there's a potential return come playoff time in another month? So it'll be four months. Do you I think mean, any type I, of shot, or is it like the Reese Hoskins thing, where maybe, 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 and then never happens?
0: I mean, here's the only thing that I will say. He made the visor um of you know the fallen soldiers, uh, the Sirianni fallen visor
1: number situation. So it, is why there I would an, like, is I would there like to see.
0: I, I would. I would like to see it. I just don't know if it's going to happen.
1: Is there anybody who's made the Sirianni visor come off the visor? I don't
0: know. That, that is... seems like it's going to be a uh, Uleka study.
1: Yeah. Uh, something i think thinking We're about. we going to spend way know. too
0: much time checking out. I know.
1: That's uh, that's an You're interesting welcome. aspect to think about. Um, because I do, re- I do believe Lane Johnson was on his hat and then was office hat, I think, in this 2021. Season? No, no, 2021. Oh, I don't know. His first year, remember when he was out for like three games. He
0: only puts players on the visor when they are on injured reserve. And if he put it on, if you put Lane Johnson on, it was during all that mental health stuff, right? Yeah. So it may have been a show of solidarity.
1: Potentially. Potentially. It is something to watch. Something I have thought a great about. time with
0: that. You go, you go to the dark corners of the internet like you normally injure. I'm, I'm sure
1: it's not, but for him to tear his peck early in the season, I would love to it. see him
0: come back. I, I truly would
1: maybe there'd be a a possibility that um, he can come back, Uh, but it's definitely something to watch in the coming weeks as um, you know, December rolls around. And since he was only hurt in the beginning of September, the other one was potentially, I know there's talk about and Sue standing with the contender. Um, I would be all for it. Adding extra bodies to that interior pass rush because you know, for me, I think the rotation. You have a rookie and Jalen Carter. He's a rookie. He's never played this many games. You know, he's coming up on the most games he's played in the season. Well, you, the more you get to, you know, you don't want him to hit that rookie wall, rookie wall, and then you're, right. you know, struggling there. You know, Jordan Davis is still playing. You have You have Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox is older. You don't right. want him playing a ton of Milton 60, Williams dealing with some injuries. Getting that extra guy, I think that would be a an addition I would welcome. Right. And the other one is lo and behold, the player that you did not want jettisoned who was let go, potentially coming back as in Zach Ertz. But there's also some talk that the San Francisco 49ers are interested as well, which he is a Bay area kid. He went to Stanford.
0: 49ers do not need (laughs) Zach Ertz. So that would be absurd. You know, you need a team who needs tight end help. Um,
1: Depth definitely.
0: Depth for sure. I, That's all I like... the number
1: three blocking. That's all he is. And Calcaterra and Alberto haven't done really anything. Alberto
0: before. has done nothing. Alberto has done absolutely nothing. I like the story of Zach Ertz. Um, I think that'd be awesome to see. I could see him signing with the Ravens. Um, I know they've been well,
1: struggling since John Harbaugh did say that they're, that not, they're interested not interested. Like I'm just. I'm gonna paint this picture, and then we can go on to the Eureka Locks and the predictions. Christmas. 430 he comes out of the tunnel the ovation you know i I think that would be wasn't
0: that game flexed sunday night
1: no the uh it's a christmas day it's monday christmas night 430 um and because the week before they're in seattle so they're not home their next home game is the giants game so that apparently he's supposed to sign with somebody next week so uh basically around this time next week check back in. we'll check back in. maybe he will be an eagle maybe he won't um But yeah, so uh, just thought those were some interesting tidbits. I
0: I would love it. You know, I know he's 11 catches away from from the all-time franchise record. Again, I love Zach Ertz. I don't think we ever should have gotten rid of him. I understand why we got rid of him. Again, as predicted, I don't think that Dallas Goddard has been the complete replacement that everyone hoped he would be. I think that Dallas Goddard does some things better than Zach Ertz, Um, but we don't have an elite tight end on our team. We just... When you see a guy like George Kittle does what he does, when you see guys like Mark Andrews do, do what he does, I mean, we don't have an elite tight end on our team. We had a very good tight end, but I he's not elite. And I don't think Zach Ertz is elite. But, I don't think Zach Ertz is elite. I'm not saying that. I'm not I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is I would love to see it. I don't know if it's going to happen, but, yeah, we can jettison Alberto and Grant Calcaterra and Jack Stoll. We can get rid of all those bums for a Zach Ertz.
1: Again, I disagree with you. We've been down this road. Maybe we can revisit it in the off season like we usually do. But uh, there is that. But now we get into our. It's time for the Uleka locks of the week. Who's your lock? Alrighty. So when we look at the Uleka locks from last week. Yeah. um, You had. Miami winning by 15. Well, yeah, they won by 15 because the Washington Commanders suck. (laughs) I had Justin Herbert 300 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, no. He did Uh, not. They barely won 6-0 to the terrible New England Patriots. What an awful
0: game, by the way.
1: How about what an awful game tomorrow night when it's the Steelers and Patriots, Trubisky versus whoever the hell they? Yeah, but remember,
0: somehow the Steelers are still in it.
1: Yeah, well, they are; they are still in it. AFC is atrocious. I mean, the Jets are still in it. Yeah, a lot of a lot of bad bad football. Carolina
0: is the first team that got eliminated two wins.
1: Yeah, and maybe that's why they got rid of their coach too. But we are both five and nine. Um, That double down was big for me. We both doubled down the week before, so that's why we're a week ahead. That brings us to this week. And I'll start it out. And I think that Shaq Leonard will out-snap Nick Morrow Mm. on Sunday night. So I think he'll have more snaps uh, percentage-wise defensively than Nicholas Morrow. And that is, of course, with Zach Cunningham um, coming back. I'm going to go with Nicholas Morrow. and is going to be out-snapped by Shaq Leonard.
0: Uh, I'm staying away from this Eagles-Cowboys uh, game for this just because it seems to work better when I don't touch it. Um, <laughs> So I'm going to go with the Lions-Bears game. Okay. Uh, I think that even though it's a home game for the Bears, I, I don't think that Justin Fields is as good as everybody wants him to be. I got the Lions winning that game by 10.
1: Uh, really tough one there. You're going with...
0: I mean, it's still, it's still Soldier Field. I mean, it's still cold and gross and, you know, Lions are a dome team, but.
1: We'll see. You I'm know, safe. I was talking to someone today, a matchup I'd like to see in the playoffs would be the Los Angeles Rams making the playoffs, going That's to awesome. Detroit to play the Lions and Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit to play. Oh, the that'd be the great. Playoffs. I think that'd be a great storyline. I think that'd be great, great I um, love that. when you're looking at the playoffs, but, uh. Yes, we'll see how these locks um, work this week. Hopefully, I can get back on my winning ways because I have a pretty long losing streak right now. So, I'd like to get back into the win column there. But now this brings us to our predictions for this Sunday night. Uh, I will start it with you, Chip. I'll let you be the bearer of bad news. Uh, I have picked the Eagles. Eventually, I, I have
0: picked the Eagles in every game this season. And I'm going to continue to. <laughs> um, I think it's a it's a pretty hard-fought game. I have the Eagles winning this one
1: 31-27. Wow. So, like I mentioned earlier, I talked about Eagles haven't won it since 2017 in Dallas. They haven't swept Dallas since 2011. Dallas hasn't lost in 14 straight regular season matchups at home. They're on a 14-game winning streak at home. That's got to come to an end sometime. There you it's go. not going to go on forever. And what better than on national TV, Sunday Night Football, for the Eagles to come away victorious and basically wrap up the division with a victory? <clears throat> Close to your score, but I have 31 to 28. Philadelphia Eagles come away with the with the win and head on home to get ready for the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be fun it's it's gonna
0: be a good game i mean that's what it comes down to
1: yep you know eagles cowboys usually are a very tough good game it's you know a tough fought. look at the first game of the year um that they played each other hopefully it's not like that because that one you know that 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 started a stretch of these games where we're on the edge of our seats and our hearts are you know in our throats you know trying to you know, will the Eagles to a win and they don't, they don't lose it last second, but, uh, it should be fun. It should be a tough game divisional matchup rivalry, but you know, I think the Eagles will come away victorious and hopefully they come away victorious. Cause it'll. I, make just, the, I need them to come out
0: with a good, clean plan. And if it doesn't work, they need to adjust. Yeah. And they, they have you know, to run the damn ball.
1: They have to, they have to be able to stay, stay to what they are. Um, you know, use the RPO, Use it to their advantage and to be able to move the ball and to be able to, you know, be the type of team that we saw early in the year and being the type of team that we expect them to be. Right. That's kind of how, you know, I'm looking at it. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. But uh, thank everyone for joining, uh, watching, commenting, everything along the lines of that. Uh again, we also did get AT Birds merch in. So if you check our Instagram story, you'll see that. Any anybody interested in that. Uh, either message us on facebook instagram twitter whatever it may be um and we will get in contact with you and we'll get you some but uh
0: slide into the dms
1: dog yeah just just not not the way that that sounded i don't want it (laughs) (laughs) but with that we always end every show with a very happy and hopefully this week it's a joyful go birds This is Matt Ware. Hey, for all the Eagle content you need, go follow All About the Birds. They do a damn thing. Check them out. Hey, Eagles fans. I may be in Tampa, but I know where to find the best Eagles content out there. Check out my friends at All About the Birds.
0: Philadelphia, what's up? This is your boy, Freddie Mitchell, a.k.a. Fred X. It's
1: All About the Birds. All birds, all the time. All birds, all the time.
0: All About the Birds provides you with weekly analysis,
1: game recaps, informative interviews, and it's all birds all the time.